He's perfect in all of His ways. Amen. Amen. We're going to pray today um, the National Day of Prayer for Australia. So we're going to pray over our great land, the land of the Holy Spirit, the great south land of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to pray over Australia. So why don't we reach out? Come on, let's pray for our nation this morning. Lord God, we thank You for our great nation, Australia. Lord, we thank You that we are so blessed in this country. God, we thank You that in in turmoil and, and crazy times around the world, we thank You that we are so blessed to live in our great nation of Australia. God, we pray for the Indigenous communities in Australia as well. Lord, we pray in Jesus' Name. God, for everyone who calls Australia home, we just thank You for every person who dwells in this great land of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we just believe in Jesus' Name for revival. Lord, we believe for people to come to know Him in Jesus' Name. We thank You for this great nation of Australia. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. We live in the best country in the world, don't we? Any one of you who's travelled around the world and come from far, near and wide, we live in the best place on earth. We're so blessed in Jesus' name. Why don't you take your seat this morning? It's so good to see you in church. And Mary, I promise I won't make it boring this morning. I know, I know. I was like you, though, when I was a kid, when I was growing up. Big church was a little bit boring. And the highlight was the little container going past and seeing how much money's in there before it goes to the next person. That was the highlight when I was growing up. Um, good old Blackheath Baptist Church. That's where I went to church as a kid. And Baptist churches are awesome. So, The body of Christ is amazing. You think so many different varieties, denominations and churches and places we meet, places we gather, the underground church around the world, and we're blessed we can meet freely in this great nation of Australia. But isn't it awesome, the church, that we can come together and worship together in Jesus' name? Today I'm going to speak about something that's like personal worship, but it's also great to gather together and be together in God's house, worshipping together, the community of fellowship. Church is awesome. And so it's so glad you're here this morning in church. There was another thing I was going to mention this morning, but it's just gone over. So we'll just leave that. I might come back to it later. But the NRL, who's going for the Panthers? Hey, the minor premiers. They got that yesterday. Well, they kind of wrapped it up a couple of weeks before, but they officially got it yesterday. And the good old Bulldogs, well, they had a year to forget, but I was going for the um, team that played Brisbane this week to beat Brisbane. So Brisbane got the wooden spoon. There's nothing like a Queensland team getting the wooden spoon. It's awesome. And so the Bulldogs were second on the ladder down the bottom, but that's okay. We've always got next year, Trent Barrett, we're stealing him from Penrith, so bring it on. Anyway, anyone else not like rugby league? That's cool. I'm used to it in my household. I've been trying to get Lincoln to watch it, and he's like, Daddy, that's boring. The motor racing, I love the motor racing, and he's like, that's boring. So Al thinks it's boring. She hates the noise, so I'm on my own in my household, but it's cool. Well, let's pray over today. Lord God, we just thank you, Father, for the, um, the words I'm about to speak, Lord Jesus, and for your Holy Spirit. God, we pray for you to breathe on every word that's said. And Lord, we pray that you'd meet us here in this place today. And we thank you for every person that's in this building, everyone who's watching on YouTube and Facebook. God, we just thank you for everyone who's here today with us in this service. And we pray that you bless in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, if you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn to John Chapter 4. I'm going to read a fair bit of scripture today, but that's cool. 
Soon the news reached the Jewish religious leaders, known as the Pharisees, that Jesus was drawing greater crowds of followers coming to be baptized than John. Jesus heard what was being said and abruptly left Judea and returned to the province of Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaritan territory. Jesus arrived at the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph long ago. Wearied by his long journey, he sat on the edge of Jacob's well. He sent his disciples into the village to buy food, for it was already afternoon. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink of water. Surprised, she said, why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water? Jesus replied, If you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink and I would give you living water. The woman replied, But sir, you don't even have a bucket and this well is very deep. So where do you find this living water? Do you really think that you are greater than our ancestor Jacob who dug this well and drank from it himself along with his children and livestock? Jesus answered, If you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again and again. But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. For when you drink the water I give, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, springing up and flooding you with endless life. The woman replied, Let me drink that water so I'll never be thirsty again and won't, and won't have to come back here to draw water. Jesus said, go get your husband and bring him back here. But I'm not married, she said. That's true, said Jesus, for you've been married five times now. You're living with a man who's not your husband. You have told the truth. The woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me this, why do our fathers worship God here on this nearby mountain, but your people teach that Jerusalem is the place where we must worship? Which is right. Jesus responded, believe me, dear, believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you won't worship the Father on a mountain, nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. Your people don't really know the one they worship. We Jews worship out of our experience, for it's from the Jews that salvation is made available. From here on, worshipping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. For God is a spirit. He longs to have sincere worshippers who worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. The woman said, this is all so confusing. But I do know that the anointed one is coming, the true Messiah. And when he comes, he will tell us everything we need to know. Jesus said to her, you don't have to wait any longer. The anointed one is here speaking with you. I am the one you are looking for. At that moment, the disciples returned and were stunned to see Jesus speaking with the Samaritan woman. Yet none of them dared to ask him why or what they were discussing. All at once, the woman dropped her water jar and ran off to her village and told everyone, Come and meet a man at the well who told me everything I've ever done. He could be the anointed one we've been waiting for. Hearing this, the people came streaming out of the village to go and see Jesus. Wow, that's a big chunk of scripture. But it's one of my favourite parts of the, of the Bible. You know, you go to a party and you, or you go, to a, you know, go out for, for a drink or you go out to meet someone for dinner. And the first thing that they, the waiter says is, what do you want to drink? What, do you, what are you drinking tonight? And um, so Tucker, what am I drinking today, buddy? What have we got? <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's, the, uh, he's the barman today. He's quite well dressed as a barman, isn't he? He's quite good. Doesn't plan for that. So we've got a Coca-Cola. Yeah, I'll start with a Coke. Thanks, bro. 
Thank you. Can I have ice? No. No ice? Okay. Oh, nice pouring. It's good barman. No spilling. Thanks, mate. Thank you. And can I have a bit of that as well? Cheers. Ah, Coca-Cola. Poison. <laughs> it's good in short bursts. Sprite's good for you, though, isn't it? Ah, refreshing. Schweppes. Thanks, bro. You know, you go to... <laughs> Thanks, Sam. You can't live without drinking. Water, that is. <laughs> I'll just clarify that. Your body can't survive without um, liquid, without water. So why as Christians do sometimes we can think without being by Jesus, living without the true living water? And it's easy for us sometimes to go through our Christian journey and live without it and just think, oh, it's cool, Like I met Jesus years ago and I know about him. But why as Christians can we not live physically without liquid? And we always go to the fridge, get some water, get some juice, get a green tea. Or we always drink a number of times a day. But for some reason in our Christian life, we forget about the true living water, which Jesus is talking about here. I love how he says, once you drink this, you won't want to drink from the well again. It's better than drink, we, we drink, you know, liquid during the day, but it's better for us to drink from the living water for our souls. And so my first point today is we have to walk to the well. Jesus was on his way from Judea to Galilee, but he had to pass through Samaritan territory. It's interesting in the scriptures here, it says Jesus arrived at the left Judea, the province of Galilee, he had to pass through Samaritan territory. Why did he have to? Why did he have to? Some commentaries say there were two possible routes from Judea to Galilee. The longer was through Gentile country on the east side of the Jordan. The shorter route was through Samaria. And it was used in spite of the animosity between the Jews and the Samaritans. So he went to a place where there was conflict. They didn't like each other. But Jesus chose to go through that land. So why did he do that? So our natural human response is to run when stuff's not going right. It's to go the easy way. That's our natural response. But I love in this scripture where Jesus went the way where there was conflict. He went the hard way. And sometimes in life, life is hard. But we have to choose to walk to the well. We've got to go through some hard stuff to get to the well. Stay close to the one who gives us living water. I believe Jesus is always willing to run into your situation, no matter how dark, no matter how desperate. He is always willing to run into your situation. He wants to meet you where you are at. You know, there's no special formula or behavioral requirement to meet with Jesus. That's what I love about this scripture how he's at the well and he's meeting with a Samaritan woman. And Jesus ultimately went to the cross so we could be free. 1 Peter 2, he himself carried our sins in his body on the cross 
so that we would be dead to sin and live for righteousness. He's taken it on the cross. So what is living water? Living water is water for our souls. It's cleansing for our soul. In Bible times, we're a critical source of water for humans. Wells were a critical source of water for humans, livestock and irrigation. Unfortunately, most wells did not offer a reliable source of water. It was always, they were dependent on rainfall or intermittent springs. Good wells were generally considered signs of God's providence. Biblical writers therefore often compared the water of spring-fed wells to God's provision and the salvation for his people. The distinction between the relatively poor quality of water in cisterns that captured rainwater and the high quality of those wells that tapped springs. Water helps clarify the dialogue between Jesus and the Samaritan woman when Jesus offered her living water. So the well that Jesus meets the woman at is believed to be the well of Jacob. The well is 100 feet deep, one yard in diameter, cut through limestone, but it is fed by a subterranean stream from the adjacent mountains. The water is pure and plentiful. So Jesus goes to this well. Why this well? There's hundreds of wells in that time. We didn't have Warragamba Dam. They collected it in one spot and it all got fed to our houses and we turned the tap. They didn't have that. Everyone had to walk to the well to get water. So why did he choose this well? And it's interesting because this well, the well that Jacob built, is of pure water. It's living water. It's flowing water. It's not just caught by rain. It's actually flowing underneath the surface. And that's, I believe, in this picture here. Jesus wants us to remember that and explain that in this passage. That coming to him to get the living water, not the old not the old revelation, not the old, oh, I just come to church. No, he doesn't want that. He wants us to come and have a, a, a living relationship full of living water with him in Jesus' name. So tap into the spring. Tap into the spring of living water. There is freshness with his living water. Drink in his living water. Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I am gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. John 4.13 If you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again and again. But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, springing up and flooding you with endless life. I don't know about you, but I want that. I want the gushing up, endless life, spirit-led, living water in Jesus' name. You know, what you don't drink affects you. So like I said before, we get dehydrated and we don't drink. Well, it's not good to drink that all the time, but you would survive on it. You just might get diabetes and stuff later from all the sugar. <laughs> but we, our bodies are designed to live on water. God provided water. We're designed to live with water. No water, dehydration. So how can we live our Christian life without the source? 
the living water, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. We're not designed to live without it. We need it. We need his spirit. We need his presence. In Jesus' name. The perfect time is now. The perfect time to go to the well is now. Jesus said, go get your husband and bring him back here. But I'm not married, the woman said. That's true, Jesus said. For you've been married five times now. You're living with a man who is not your husband. You have told the truth. You see, this Samaritan woman, she was held in low esteem. She was a Samaritan, despised by the Jews. She was poor. Drawing from water was not performed by a woman who was of honour. So it was performed by someone of low standing in the community. She was a sinner. Jesus confronts the sin. But what I love about this passage is the amount of time Jesus focused on that sin is so little compared to about what he's going to give her. I love that. It sums up the gospel. Sin is destructive, absolutely. But I love how Jesus doesn't focus on it just. He, did, he took it on the cross. He dealt with it. It's done. I love how he says, just come to me. Come on, just come. I've got it. Living water, freshness, forgiveness. Just come to me. He doesn't play the religious card. You know, it's in church life and you, oh, come to, I've invited people before. I come to church. Why don't you come to church? You know, I'm going to work. Oh, the, the roof will cave in. Oh, you don't want me there. I might say something I regret or <laughs> something might come out of my mouth, and, you know, whatever. I said, no, 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 you need to come to church. We need to come to church. I think as Christians, we need to kind of break that mold a bit and say, it's okay to be a sinner. It's okay to have a past. It's okay to come to church, no matter where you're at, no matter where you've been. It's okay to walk through these doors. And I think as Christians, we've got to learn how to be like Christ in that. Not be condemning. Not be, oh, whoa, whoa, you better stop. Drinking that alcohol, better stop smoking that cigarette before you come in. Come on, let's be welcoming. Come on, anyone can come. Anyone's welcome to come and meet Jesus. You know, I love, um, I've heard this quote before that we're not, Christians aren't the Holy Spirit. We're not the ones who can convict. Only the Holy Spirit can convict. So it's not our job. Our job is to love, to love on people, to be by their side to come alongside them, to love them where they're at. That's our job, not the convicting part. That's what churches are known for, and I hope that it doesn't happen again. <laughs> it will, because they're human. But I hate that about sometimes in Christian worlds when that is the main thing, when someone gets condemned by a Christian. I hate that, because it's not our job. It's not our job. So Jesus didn't focus on the sin. He focuses on her. He brings the sin to light. But then he points her in the direction of worship. Believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you won't worship the Father on a mountain, nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. Your people don't really know the one they worship. We Jews worship out of our experience, for it's from the Jews that salvation is made available. From here on, worshipping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. For God is a spirit and he longs to have sincere worshippers who worship and adore him in the realm of the, of the spirit and in truth. So the perfect time to get to the well is right now. There's no better time than to get to your well. Jesus said to her, you don't have to wait any longer. The anointed one is here speaking with you. I am the one you are looking for. 
So come on, church, where are we building our wells? Where are we building our wells? Where are we going in so we can go deep in Him? That might be in your bedroom. It might be in your lounge. It might be in your car. Wherever you are, we need to dig a well down to the source of the living water in Jesus' name. Go to the place where we worship Him. You know, hope that we don't just worship in church. Church worship is amazing. The corporate worship is amazing. But it's not the only place we should be worshipping. We need to go to the well for ourselves and get down into that living water. There's freshness in His Spirit. No longer do we want to live on the old. Oh, that's the way we used to do it. Or that's the way that God moved 20 years ago. Or that's the way that we did it five years ago. Come on, what's fresh? What's new? What's God stirring up now in Jesus' name? I know in in our church, God's stirring something. He's stirring something up in the spirit for the next season. 2020 might have been crazy around the world, and it has been. But what is God going to do out of this? Are you ready? So let's dig our wells. Let's dig our wells. Let's go down deep in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, I love how Jesus says how we can come to him and we can just rest. I love that picture. I love that picture. Because it's like when you go, when Jesus came to this Samaritan woman, he sat down. He had to have a rest. And it's kind of a picture that he was trying to show that we need a rest. And our true rest comes in him. It's not laying down watching the Kardashians. It's not laying down watching sport on TV. That might rest our physical body. But our spirits need a rest. And we find true rest at the well. We find true rest when we get to meet with him. It's just me and Jesus. And we're just standing there, sitting there, whatever we are. And we're just saying, God, I love you. God, I need you. I thank you for your spirit. Guide me today. Lead me today. That's where we find true rest for our soul. So why don't we just close our eyes right now. And I want you just to rest. Don't think about the issues. Don't think about the chaos. Think about Jesus sitting right next to you. Holding your hand, just saying, Rest. Rest. It's like on those really hot days when you're parched and you go get a glass of water and you take that first big gulp of water and it's something that's, Ah, yes, I needed that drink. That's exactly what it's like with the living water that Jesus gives. It quenches our soul. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I give it to you, God. We're resting with you. And you know what? Once we drink, it shows on the outside. You ever seen a drunk person? Get a couple of, 
couple of drinks in them and it starts to show on the outside. I went to a couple of parties when I was younger and you'd have the sleepy drunk. Ah, oh, Timmy, I love you, man. So we go to sleep. Timmy, you're the best, man. Love you. It shows on the outside what they've been drinking. And I think it's true when we have the living water. It ends up showing on the outside. The harshness sometimes that gets into our spirit. The criticalness that gets in our spirit. The unforgiveness that gets in our spirit. It starts to wash it away. And it affects us on the outside. So come on, let's stand this morning. And I'll give you an opportunity this morning that if you don't know Jesus, to respond to Him. Like at the woman at the well, He gave her an opportunity to meet Him. So with all eyes closed, if, if that's you here in this place and you want to give your life to Jesus, He's ready to meet with you. He forgives you. I want you to lift your hand. And we want to pray with you this morning. And you can start a living, fresh relationship with Jesus Christ. So with all eyes closed, if that's you, come on, why don't you lift your hand and we want to pray with you this morning. No one's looking around. But if you want to give your life to Jesus this morning, why don't you lift your hand and we'll pray with you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Father. If not, that's cool. We're just going to pray a prayer together. We can pray it in our hearts. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Father. We thank you, God, that you forgive us. Jesus, I give my life to you. And I want to worship you. I'm thankful, I'm thankful for what you did on that cross for me. And I give you my life. In Jesus' name.